All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode and continuation of giving you guys more independent books and different stuff that's not the big two, I figured I would talk about Valiant Comics. It's a company that I really haven't talked about a lot of. I've had one of my friends I got into Valiant. I actually got him into Bloodshot, but that's not the character I'm actually going to talk about today. The character I'm actually going to talk about today is Exo Manowar. He's, in my opinion, probably my favorite Valiant character as well. It's probably within my top 10 favorite comic book characters. I can, I'll be honest, that's like straight up. He was one of the characters when I was first getting back into comic books. Like after I was still kind of figuring out where I wanted to go. But then did I want to stick with the big two? He was the first one that I read that wasn't a part of the big two that really, you know, I got to see that, yeah, I've known independent books have been out there, but I never fully exposed myself to them. And to, I guess, kind of give a better answer towards that is, you know, I always, you know, for me personally, I was stuck with Marvel DC. Like, my dad, he was a comic book collector. He got me into comic books. You know, he read Marvel, DC. He was in the time when, you know, Marvel and DC were at their biggest. And then all of a sudden, you had all the independent companies coming up. Like, Image. And he got into Savage Dragon. He got into Valiant when it was coming out with Bloodshot and Exo Man War. He got into a lot of those characters. And he already more or less knew a lot of the independent landscape compared to me. Like, when he got me into it, like, I I can never remember if I fully explained it to people, but I'll kind of give a uh, quick rerun of it. When I got into comic books because of him, he started me off with Teen Titans, Jeff John's Teen Titans. Because he saw me watching the Teen Titans cartoon on Cartoon Network, he's like... Hey, you know what? Let me. This might be the time that my son can get into comic books. He's read comic books. He's read graphic novels. Being one of my favorite, being the Batman Nightfall trilogy. Like I've probably read those books so many times, it's not even funny. And they're still to this day probably among my favorite stories that I've ever read because, and it's an event that like I'll talk about, but it just to me. I like what it did in comparison because I thought it was just a great story. You didn't really, I mean, you had context to it, which I later found more of, but I felt like at least for me, I could go back and read it and like over and over and over because in today, I also love the character of Bane. Like he's probably among my favorite villains out there, but you know, I guess to Get us back on the right path. I was, you know, Marvel DC. So my first DC was Teen Titans. I was reading a lot of Teen Titans. Then I got into Outsiders because of Teen Titans and Outsiders had a crossover. And then I got into Green Lantern Corps because at that time Jeff Johns was writing Green Lantern. And all of a sudden he's like, well, hey, I want to bring back the Green Lantern Corps. My dad got me into those books. And I fell in love more with the Green Lantern Corps than I fell in love with the main line. So, of course, I collected the books for Green Lantern Corps. And then I was like, well, I wonder what Marvel book I want to get into. Because I always felt like Marvel to me. And I and even to this day, I still feel like that in a certain way. 
is I'm very particular about what Marvel books and DC books I get into. But I feel like, at least for me, DC books, I can jump into them and I already kind of be like, okay, I, I feel familiarity. With Marvel sometimes, it even to this day, you know, I can kind of read a book and I can kind of tell, like, if I don't feel like the story's that great, at least with a Marvel book, I, for the most part, I'll, I'll jump off the title. You really got to snatch my interest. Like, I told everybody before, I feel like I told everybody before, but I've been a bigger DC fan than Marvel. It just kind of... How the cookie crumbled, but I still love both, but I'm a bigger DC fan. And so, with everything that went on with that, you know, I was like, well, let me figure out what other books I want to kind of get into. And my favorite Marvel character, and I stand by it to this day, is Iron Fist. And I got into uh, Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction's The Immortal Iron Fist. And I tell Anybody, if you ever want to know about the Iron Fist, get into that run. And at some point, I will do a podcast on it. And it's one of the ones that got me into it. I ended up falling off of comic books after a while because I was like, eh, do I want to keep going? I mean, I kept reading comic books into college. You know, I was still reading Batman pretty consistently. Like, I, I think the only book I was still getting consistently was New 52 Batman by Scott Snyder. That was it. And from there, you know, I started kind of being more particular. It wasn't until probably my sophomore year of college when I really was like, you know what, I really kind of need to, you know, figure out. I, want, I was like, well, let me kind of get more into some Marvel books. And because besides, I guess to kind of throw it out there, besides just reading Immortal Iron Fist, which that ended, and I was kind of mad that that ended, I was also into Astonishing X-Men. I came in on board with that. I came in, I think at the time when I got it, I think Warren Ellis was writing it. And I think that's where I kind of started off. And I liked it because it's a different X-Book. Taurus is kind of like more my history of how I got to where I am at this point, but uh, for comic book nerddom. But it'll I'll, find, I'll round it back off for you guys. I don't want to kind of take too, too much of your time listening to this one before I actually get into the character. So, find myself looking at, like, Marvel books, and I end up getting into Jonathan Hill. Like, I'm in a comic book shop that's near where I went to college at, at VCU. And I'm just hearing the, the guy behind the counter, he's talking about Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four. And I'm hearing all the articles about what's going on in it. And I was like, you know what? Let me get into it. Like, they into the Fantastic Four. And they start up a new line called the Future Foundation, which I liked it, which was pretty much like a imagine the Fantastic Four, but with a bunch of younger kids, they were their main goal was to fix problems. Like to fix the world and the galaxy beyond's issues that whatever's going on. Like that's their idea. They're a bunch of young some of the smartest children in the world all put together to fix problems. And it's a good series overall. It definitely did some interesting stuff. Plus, Jonathan Hickman, he really developed that. So, I got into Fantastic Four with Perinch Future Foundation. I got into Perinch Thor, The God of Thunder by Jason Aaron. I was still reading Astonishing X-Men, though I did drop off. Just because I, it got to the point where I was kind of like, 
I'm really not even reading the book anymore. And that that's kind of what like what kind of happens is I just kind of fell out of love with the stories. I just didn't feel like there was a consistent story, which it happens. Then I was also reading Indestructible Hulk by Mark Wade. And was and then I was cutting Batman Beyond still because Batman Beyond had come up. I was also getting Superman Beyond because they decided to do within the Batman universe or Batman Beyond universe, Batman Beyond as well. They wanted to do a Superman Beyond, the older Superman, based in that universe to, you know, what would he do? And it was interesting stories. And that's kind of where it goes. And then that's kind of like catch you guys up on there. I continued going for those books, collected them, and then I got out of college and I was like, and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I don't want to go back into comic book shops. Like I know there's one nearby me, but I, I just wasn't that pressed for it. So I was like, eh, what do I want to do? So I ended up one day. I just kept seeing these articles for Comicsology. Ended up getting on Comicsology. I had also seen some YouTubers talk about it and stuff like that. And I was like, well, let me give it a shot. Jumped on Comicsology, and I was like, oh, this is great. This is something different. But when I got in on it, they didn't have any, you know, Marvel and DC. Like, th those were all you had to pay for. So I was like, I don't mind paying for them. But I also was like, eh, I don't feel like wasting a bunch of money on stories I don't know about. So, I came across Valiant, and the first book I came across was Exo Manowar. And, dude, did he, he set the... The story written by Robert Venditti, man, because when I came in, Valiant had just decided to come back. So Valiant started off in like 92, 93. So it was still pretty early. It was done with Jim Shooter. He was one of the head guys who had been a big guy for Marvel, helped them out a lot. And essentially, he just wanted to do new characters. He wanted to show that the formula could be done. And Exo Man of War was one of the guys that he went with. And pretty much great story. Like I said, give history. My dad also read the characters, so my dad knew of it. So all of a sudden, I'm reading it. And I'm like, yo, this is legit. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. And ever since then, I've been a big Exo Man of War fan. He's probably been among my top ten. Now, I guess let me kind of give you his history, and at least Volume 1. I'm going to do 2012, because 2011-2012 series of Valiant is where I started off with. And I usually encourage that, because that's the best starting off point. Because Valiant's very good about giving you starting off points to jump onto at any time with their books. But at least to me, Volume 1 of Exo Man of War... At least the 2011-2012 series, when it, or when it was first started coming back out, when they're being, you know, new stories being written, all that stuff. That's where I jump in at, and it gives you, as the reader, I feel like, will if you want to get into them, that's a great place to start. So, Exo Manowar essentially is, I guess, the best way to describe them is imagine Conan the Barbarian meets Iron Man. He, he has a special suit that essentially, you know, in a lot of ways, gives him enhanced strength, speed, flight, a crap ton of abilities. I mean, he can he can do a fair amount of stuff, and he's just legitimately just 
cool. And I just, I love that concept. You know, his the I guess the real name of him is Eric of Dacia. Essentially, Dacia took place in ancient Rome. So, I guess to kind of give a little bit of more backstory to that, at least the 2011-2012, or I guess I should say the 2012 point up when he got started up again pretty much he had him and his people they were a select group that had gotten pulled up by uh can i remember the alien race name at all it was uh where was it they got pretty much okay that's what i'm i can never remember their name surprising you would think i would know it but uh the alien's name was called divine they're pretty much a brutal alien race who pretty much, like anything else, they're just trying to pretty much colonize and take in slaves and pretty much bolster their ranks. So they take in Eric of Dacia and some of his people, who are the Visigoth people, and they take them in. They make them slaves, they make them you know cultivate their land, stuff like that. And within it, you also have the Vine trying to find their... They're great warrior. They have this suit. They have this ball that pretty much transforms into a suit of armor, aka the Exo War suit. We're just gonna call it that. I can never, can never remember if it has it because it's been a minute since I've reread Exo War, but he's still probably one of my favorite characters. But I can never remember if they, if it actually had a full official name or not. It's always kind of so one thing I always kind of forget in regards to the character. But essentially, Prince the Vine's greatest warriors, they're always trying to find their, pretty much, their new great warrior. Because this suit's supposed to help them conquer, you know, anything. Like, it essentially makes him invincible. Like, whoever, whoever wields the, the suit is essentially a destroyer. Like, there's nothing stopping him. He's just going to run through everybody. And Prince is what they were trying to do, but unfortunately for one of the aliens that tried to take the suit, he ended up thinking he had it and then just got, just died immediately within that suit. And essentially, he just was not worthy. So the Viner's still trying to figure out, still trying to figure out who's the next warrior when Eric leads a small, you know, group of people. And Eric ends up coming across the Exo Manowar suit. Ends up getting it and using it. And he becomes Exo Manowar. And I mean, he starts just running through the vine. And it's just insane. Like, it was probably, to me, probably one of my favorite moments from that. Is when he's just running through everybody. He's got a sword. He's just figuring out what to do. And he's just like, well, I got this suit that I didn't know how to handle. It's now it's chosen me. I'm from, like, 500. Like, I'm from pretty much ancient Rome. I don't know what's going on, but I have this suit that I have no knowledge of. That's technology I have no idea how to use. But now I'm just murdering these, these aliens that tried to kill me off. They tried to destroy me. And he's just going through them. Well, come to find out, Eric of Dacia and the people that were on his ship, he ends up helping save and all that stuff. They find out 
that when they were taken, which is, it's, I think it was like well before Christ, if I recall. I think it was, uh, oh my God, it was, yeah, so they returned 1,600 years later. Kind of find out Rome where, the Rome where they were at, but the medieval, when they were in the barbaric times, no longer there. Like, no longer is it just, you know, this unbridled territory where war and battle happen. Now it's civilization, it's society. And he has to deal with that. And, you know, he's the rightful king of Dacia, of the Visigoths. He's got to deal with the fact that he wields a suit that is super powerful. He's a king with no kingdom. He's got to find a place to help his people. He's got all these issues that... To me, I felt like it was just a perfect storm of a great character. And I encourage people to get into the character and just read Exo Manowar just because even my little description of it, along with my whole backstory of how I got into comic books and everything like that, you know, I can't even do him full justice that way. He's just a great, rich character that I feel like Something different than what you normally get. And that's why I'll compare him like to Conan the Barbarian meets Iron Man. And I feel like in a lot of senses that does work pretty well. Because it's just Conan the Barbarian in an Iron Man suit. That pretty much makes him invincible. We can understand different languages. He's got an AI in it. And he's just no time in it. He's skilled fighter. He's just murdering people. And just... Man, he's just an amazing character. The suit, in my opinion, is nothing too crazy. Basic colors, yellow and blue. But it definitely, you know, you can tell with the suit that it just still looks cool overall. And now that Bloodshot's been done with Vin Diesel, I'm surprised they're not going to go. I'm going to be kind of curious to see where Valiant, and if Valiant does decide to let other characters they have go with the whole Valiant universe that Sony started up, which I feel like they probably should and would, because the Valiant universe has a lot of characters that you wouldn't be able to normally see within the Marvel universe. Also, the other advantage to it, the Valiant universe, is with the 2012 reboots, they intentionally made them into modern times. So they the stories can be translated really easily over into modern, you know, cinema or even TV shows. And not really worry about, you know, some over the top, oh, we've got to revamp the entire script. Like you can do the series pretty easily and a lot of the characters that I haven't even mentioned yet you know, they've got a vast amount. Like, one of my dad's favorite characters, I mean, he he's a big fan of Bloodshot, he's a big fan of Rye, but another character he really loved was the Eternal Warrior, which is essentially a Highlander. Yes, best way to put it. He's a great character as well, and at some point I will talk about him in the podcast, because him and Exo Man of War have a very... That's the best way to put it. Interesting backstory relationship to one another. 
And I figured it's always good to kind of, you know, bring up, especially since I'm talking about Exo Manowar. And there's so many other characters I haven't even spoken about that are from the Valiant Universe that at some point in my podcast, I will talk about. And personally, I hope you guys enjoy them. Because it's one of the only other real big, I think, at least for me, independent comic book companies that I really felt like is, at least for me, a big hitter when it comes down to not being a big part of the big two, but can produce great comic books. And I'll rip them to the day to like the day I die. In regards to, at least with Valiant, Exo Man of War, and all that stuff that comes with it. So, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Now, they have done one technical live-action Exo Man of War. And that was with, uh... That was Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Which was done by Bat in the Sun with, like, Jason David Frank playing Bloodshot. You also had, uh... I can never remember... I think it's... Derek Thiessen. Essentially, if for people who are kind of curious, uh, remember the the giant brother for people who were big fans of Baby Daddy when it was on uh, ABC Family? The giant brother that was a hockey player? He played Exo Man of War. You can always just type in the trailer, see it for yourself. But he did a not a bad portrayal. Like he fits the size for the character. And I wouldn't be too surprised. If maybe they think about using him, or if not, if they want to go with somebody else they feel like is more stoic and more can fit a more royal profile. So there's some good story to be had. And when he finally hits the finally hits the cinema, I'm going to be excited about that as well. So hopefully, you guys kind of are excited about, you know, Exo Man and War, at least more excited to kind of get into the story. I know I didn't get into his full history and everything else that happened to it. I figured kind of give you guys my backstory with comic books to go with it, since there's a lot of backstory with him. But I just wanted to strictly stick with just kind of the basic stuff to get you guys into it, so you guys can read the stories yourselves. Because in today, you know, I can read you the stories i can tell you word for word what the story is like but i also feel like you as the reader kind of have to know what you are looking for in a book and for me with my podcast i look at it as i'm giving suggestions to books that you may or may not know about and encourage you to want to try and read them or if not encourage your friends to read them and that's kind of my whole premise behind doing the podcast and everything like that and I stick with that to this day. So, I guess without anything else, because I don't really think there's much more I can really say in that, I guess, in those terms. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys, you know, for reading comic books and listening to my podcast and really, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, and you guys have a good night. Later.